amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Don't let what you've done hinder you. hinder you. Don't you let where you've been hinder you. Don't let what they've said hinder you. Hinder you. Don't you let your past hinder you. abused, he was ridiculed, he was ostracized and rejected and called all manner of names, including the fact that he was a black monkey and that nothing good would ever come out of his life. He was told that he was hopeless and he was retarded. He was so retarded that there was nothing he could ever do to change his life. He could never alter his destiny because what he was doomed to fail. That's what they said. And the beautiful thing about it is that he decided to discover for himself what the real one that matters. His name is Jesus, what he says. Because let me tell you, the world can call you names. They can say anything about you, but they don't define you. The one that defines you is your creator himself. His name is our Lord Jesus Christ. If you can go through the scriptures and read what he says about you, then you can start to internalize it and change your mind about what everybody says about you. And the man began to move from F, he went all the way to A. And I believe that the teachers were looking and wondering, okay, are we talking about the same person? Because let me tell you, it's not what the teachers say, it's what he, your maker, says about you. Now, I remember uh, he, he says this story that one time he was in London and he was uh, signing books. He was signing books because he's written over 60 books that are all bestsellers. The one we are saying was redundant. The one we were told he was retarded. The one the teacher said nothing good 
could come out of his life. And maybe you're there and that's what you've been told. Honey, you're going to sign books if you believe it. And while he was signing books, he looks up and lo and behold, the very person, the very person that told him he was a black monkey that was so retarded he could never amount to anything, came for him to sign the book. And as he was signing the book, he could recognize that this was, wait a minute, this was actually my former teacher who thought I was a monkey. And now she's buying a book from me. Guess what? He reminded her, by the way, I am Dr. Miles Monroe. And I'm the one that was in Bahamas school that you taught in. She broke down and she began to cry because she could remember that she used to call him a black monkey that was going to amount to nothing. Let me talk to you right there who's watching us on Woman Without Limits. You have no right. You don't even have the time to start answering your critics and talking to them and telling them, oh, I'm not, and that and that and the other. Don't waste that time. You have precious time. What do you need to do? Get onto the scripture. Is what God is saying aligning with what you're doing? If it is, then continue with the scripture. Allow God to be your fighter. Allow God to be the one that stands on your behalf. Let me tell you, he is a good warrior because he says the battle belongs to him. As this man of God let everything go, he refused to carry bitterness, he refused to carry anger and allowed God to be God over his life. And as a result, guess what? The whole world, the whole world has gotten to recognize who this man is. Everybody understands that he is a sign and a wonder in our generation. He didn't start there. And maybe that's where you are right now, being called all manner of names until you have believed that nothing good can come out of your life. Don't answer your critics. You get busy knowing what the Spirit of God says about you. As you know, he says that you are unbeatable. You are. Get up and do something about your life. This is Woman Without Limits. Welcome, Dr. Miles Monroe. Thank you very much. It's good to be here on the program for the first time. I know. And I love the spirit of this program. Thank you. It's dealing with the most important <laughs> part of my life, and that's women. Wow. My wife is number one. You know, that's, that's amazing. And maybe you can start there because you, you love this woman. <laughs> well, I think, you know, uh, the reason why God created women is simply to be loved. Wow. Oh my God, did you hear that? Uh. That will preach. <laughs> I mean, we could, we could just stay there. God because every woman told, is looking for love. God never told a woman to love a man. Wow. It's nowhere in scripture. Uh-huh. But he told the man to love the woman. Right. So she's supposed to receive love. She was love. designed just to receive love. L right. That's why when she doesn't receive love, she malfunctions. Mm. We're going to come to the woman in a short while. Now, we know you as a very, very powerful man of God that ministers all over the world. We want to know where Dr. Miles Monroe is coming from. Who is Dr. Miles Monroe? Well, I was born in the Caribbean country called the Bahamas, which was formerly a British colony, just like Kenya. So we speak English because of our colonial masters. We drive on the left-hand side of the street just like Kenyan. Wow. We drink tea four times a day. Just like Kenyans. Yeah, just like Kenyans. You know, the, the British, I must say, they made all of their colonies the same. 
So that's why coming to Kenya is like coming home. Wow. I was born in, in, the, in the capital island of my country, which consists of 700 islands in the Bahamas. Uh, we have 30 islands that are inhabited. And the capital island is called New Providence. The city is called Nassau. The island is only seven miles wide, 21 miles long. And I was born in one of the poorest villages on the island that is called Baines Town. Wow. It was uh, considered to be the low-income area. And I was born in a family of 11 children. Whoa. I am number six. I was born to a wonderful mother and father, and they taught us about God. My father was a Baptist minister. Uh, I was born into a family where my parents were both in the ministry. My mother was a missionary and did a lot of work among the poor people in our community. And so we were brought up to respect God, to love God. Our house that we were born in was a wooden house on four big rocks. And that house was put on four big rocks to keep the roaches, the rats, the snakes out of the house. Of course, uh, they got in. Uh, the wooden house that we were born in had two bedrooms, one for my mother and father, the other for my seven sisters. Wow. So the four boys had to sleep on the floor. So I began my life sleeping on a wooden floor on a mat. And I had to share that with my three other brothers. And of course, we grew up uh, fighting mosquitoes, roaches. Every morning we had to wake up and brush the mosquitoes and roaches out of our floor into the back of the yard. And, uh, you know, we had to wear one uniform for a year and a half, a pair of shoes for the whole year. That was my life. That's the best they could do. Eleven kids. Only my father was working and my mother stayed home to take care of us. So we were very, very fortunate to have loving parents. And that's what they gave us, love. They taught us about the Bible, which I think was very important because now I look back on it. If they had not given us the Bible, we probably would have been atheistic children because we were confused about a father who was preaching about a good God but we had a bad life <laughs> he preached about a rich God but we had a poor experience so we were having contradictions and uh, so at age 13 I sought myself I tried to find out about myself and at age 13 is when I actually discovered God personally and that was outside in the bush on the island one night when I was crying out trying to find out why was I born who am I why are we poor what's wrong with black people why am I not benefiting like the other white people who were there and questions and God answered my question by saying I want you to read the four gospels so at age 14 I read the entire four gospels seven times and it was during that time that I began to discover a Jesus that my father didn't preach. I discovered a message my father didn't preach. So I became a very curious child. I began to ask my mother and father questions about the Bible. And out of all the 11 kids, I was the one that was consumed by the Bible because I wanted to know why was I born? Who was I? Where was I from? What was I born to do? Where was I going? Why was I poor? Why did life treat me this way? questions and 
my parents couldn't answer a lot of these questions. They were wonderful people. But I got my answers directly from the Bible. And I developed a personal relationship with God at age 14. And so began my life. Uh, so being born in a poor environment, I think, helped me to appreciate what I have. Uh, today, people see me, and they see me on television. They see me walking around, speaking to millions of people. They see me, uh, you know, writing books and distributing worldwide. They, they look at me and they think, well, this was kind of a gift. It's not a gift. Uh, this is a result of hard work, you know, testing and failing and getting up and challenges that you go through. And today, you know, I am very grateful. Um, I was an F student in school. Uh, it wasn't because I was not smart. It's because the teacher wasn't a good teacher. Are you serious? You are yes, F? You? Oh, are you talking student. about yourself, Dr. Miles? Yeah, when I was a kid in junior high school, yeah. I was an F student. Because I think the teacher was prejudiced against black kids. He was a white teacher. Mm -hmm. And said some things to us that didn't encourage us too well. As a matter of fact, the teacher told me that I was retarded, uneducable. I was a half-breed monkey. You know, they called us names back then. And the colonial powers didn't treat us. As a matter of fact, we didn't become independent until 1973. So most of my formative years were brought up under the segregation, racism, etc. Similar to what happened here And in with Africa. all that oppression, with you being put yeah. down and called names, you still determined that you I, were going to oh, rise up? Yes, I overcame that through reading the Bible. By yourself? By myself. I mean, your, your parents, you, you said your father, what he was teaching and how he was living were totally different. Yeah, I But think then how did you then realize that there was something deeper? How because, did you start digging it? Well, the reason is because I believe that God will only tell you what you want to know. Mm. God doesn't offer information. He responds to hunger. Hey. So I became hungry for the truth. And God will only show you what you want to see. So I think out of all the, the children, I was the one that really wanted to know answers. And um, when I discovered the knowledge in the Bible, that is when my concepts of myself began to change. Mm -hmm. I realized that I was made in God's image, not the image of a monkey. Wow. I realized that I was not ignorant or retarded, that I had the intelligence of God. I was made in his image, his likeness. I was just like God. I read that in the Bible and I believed it. So suddenly I realized that everything that the teachers told me were not true. So did you have to like first forgive them for what they had called you? Well, I think it wasn't easy. But of course, when you begin to fall in love with God, you forgive everybody. Mm -hmm. Because the love of God forces you to understand that other people are also God's image. So you can't say you love God and hate people. Right. That's why any religion that destroys human life cannot be from the God of the Bible. Right. Because the God of the Bible loves human life. It's his image. Yeah. Right. So I forgave. And of course, I went through high school and studied by myself. I went from an F student to an A student in six months. Wow. wow. Based wow. on the Bible wow. principles. I graduated top of my class in one year. In high school, I went to a government high school. I graduated the top student in the school. So I went from an F to success. In six months? In one year. In what? 
So it means that you, you had to really study a lot and to, to change your mind from the inside. Absolutely. And uh -huh. I decided to educate myself because I couldn't trust teachers anymore. Yeah. The teacher told me that I was a half-breed monkey that I couldn't learn. So I decided I'm going to not trust their opinion. And I basically educated myself, became the number one student. I graduated from there and I went to a, a school called Queens College in the Bahamas that was only reserved for white people. But we had just become independent as a black country. Our country is 98% black people. So when we gained independence from Britain and the black government took over, they began to desegregate all the white schools. And so my wife, I met her at that school. We were the first blacks to actually go to that white school. And I went to the white school with, a, with a, an intention to prove to the white people that I was not retarded or less than they are. And of course, I graduated from that school with my, what they call A-levels. I'm sure you heard about them. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I actually got them before I was supposed to get them. Mm -hmm. And I was advanced. And I met my wife, Ruth, at that school. And we became friends. And of course, 30, 35 years later, we've been married for 35 years. Did you know that she was <laughs> going to be your wife when you met? I didn't know, but I yeah. thought that she was the one among all the ladies who didn't look at me. So she became a challenge. Oh, my God. Uh, of course. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, the hunter in you rose up. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> of course, so I was involved in a teenage ministry that we started. Okay. Which was a music group. And uh, so at age 16 and 17, we were having teenage crusades all over the country. So what you're saying, Dr. Miles, is that you didn't have time as a teenager to riot and, and rebel? No. I think what's important for young people, young people need to really find their purpose early so that they could use their time effectively. Mm. Most oh young God. people don't know why they were born, so they use their talent and gifts on the wrong things. I discovered mine very early. I discovered why I was born when I was 13. So I was able to write my plans on paper at age 14, and therefore I was able to plan my life. By the time I was 15 years old, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. 15. And, uh, 15. So I didn't have any involvement with drugs or sex or girlfriends. I was reading the Bible constantly and I was trying to understand why I was born. And then I formed a music group that became very well known in the island. And we wrote our own songs. And then we began to have uh, meetings for young people. And what happened, the, the rest of it was history because by the time I was 17, we had over 3,000 kids coming to hear us play and sing. And so I was a teenage phenomenon in the country. And my wife, who's here with me tonight, she'll tell you that uh, we were very, very successful as teenagers. So we went to school and then did concerts. Went to school, did concerts. So I was an A student in school, but also number one recording artist as a teenager. And uh, wow. so that's how I got to, to uh, get involved in ministry as a teenager. Uh -huh. And uh, I told that story for a reason. All the girls, you know, would come to our events. And, of course, I was the leader of the group, so, you know, they tried to attract me to them. Right. But my, this girl never showed any interest in me. So I said, I like this girl. She doesn't show any interest in me. You know, if, 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 I think if a woman wants a good husband, yeah. she shouldn't look for him. She should, like, ignore. She should ignore him. Even if she likes me. Absolutely. From the, come just, on. Just ignore the brother. Yeah. <laughs> See, men like a challenge, you know. Yeah. It's so, so anyhow, amazing you would say that because yeah. when my husband asked me out, I said no. Excellent. And he knew I was the one. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, she That's did the amazing. same thing. Yeah. Yeah, she told me no. Uh -huh. So I said, I'm going to get you. So I got her. Wow. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, I went to, 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 to university. And that's when we separated. She went, she stayed back in, in, in the Bahamas and went to a local school, uh, you know, uh, a specialist school for secretary and administration. Mm -hmm. And I went to university in Tulsa, Oklahoma, the All Roberts University. Yeah. And I did three bachelor's degrees in four years. What? And graduated with honors. In four years? I did three master's degrees. degree in 18 months. And I, today I have five doctorate degrees bestowed upon me from five universities. I out went back of, home. Out of being told that you are that retarded. I retarded and not educable. Preach now. Preach to a woman watching us today. Mm -hmm. What? I returned home in 1980 and uh, I, was I was hired by the government. Uh, and I ended up being a teacher in the classroom. And then I was promoted to working with the government. and became assistant secretary in education. I worked with the Prime Minister's office, Deputy Prime Minister's office, and so I got also to taste a little bit of uh, administration in government. I worked closely with the Prime Minister's office as well, so I was involved in understanding politics. And uh, my wife and I got married before I graduated uh, with my doctorate degrees. She and I got married in 1978. Wow. And uh, we, today, uh, we've been wonderfully enjoying each other. My wife also came to, to Oklahoma and studied at Oral University as well. So both of us had the taste of college. Mm -hmm. And we returned home, we began our family, and uh, we started a prayer group and a Bible study in our apartment with seven people. And uh, today, it's one of the largest churches in the country. Wow. Tell me, you're very, very, very key on purpose. Absolutely. And, and the, I mean, the whole world knows you for purpose. Mm -hmm. You teach that a lot. How, how did you start? How did you bath that and start teaching everybody, even the young people, how to get mm -hmm. their purpose and to know why they were created? I think one of the most important things I discovered mm -hmm. is that God created nothing just for beauty. Everything God created was to solve a problem or to meet a need. Whether it's the sun, whether it's the moon, or birds, trees, bees, oxygen, everything that exists was designed to meet a need. So I figure if there was a need for the roach and the rat and the mosquito, there must be a need for me. Yeah. The need I call purpose. And then I read a scripture, and the scripture says in the book of Proverbs 1921, uh, that uh, many are the plans in a man's heart, but the Lord's purpose prevail. Right. So I began to discover it. And then what refined it, I think, for me was one of our members who was very, very active in church and also in the community, she died from cancer, and she went to see me. I went to see her at the hospital, and she was, I went to pray for her. And she started praying for me, and she was dying. And she said to me, she said, son, she was an older lady in our church. I was the young pastor. And she said, son, don't pray for me. Let me go home. Why don't you go ahead and fulfill your purpose? I've completed mine. What? That statement mm -hmm. stirred me forever. And of course, I had to bury her a few months, a couple of months later. But, and at her funeral is when I preached my first sermon on purpose, that you don't die until you're finished what you were born to do. Wow. And I began to research purpose in Scripture. I was living it, 
but didn't understand it until that moment. Mm. And of course, uh, I spent two years teaching on one subject, purpose. 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 And it became the theme of our ministry, the, the driving force of our lives. Yeah. And then eventually, of course, it was exposed on TV, it became a books were filled with it, and then people began to realize that they also were seeking for purpose. Right. And every woman watching this program, they need to know that they were not born just to have babies and cook food. Preach now. Uh, they were this born is it. to solve a problem on earth. Mm. They were born to meet a need in their generation. That no human being was born just to pay bills. Uh, you were not born to make a living. You were actually born to make a difference. Wow. And so I think that's what stirred me. And I am driven to help other people find that same thing. No human being came to earth just to breathe oxygen and eat food. They came here to fulfill an assignment that God needed done in their generation. Mm. So to everything, there is a purpose. And to every purpose, there's a time. Mm. There's a time to be born and a time to die. So everybody was born right on time. They shouldn't die until they are finished. And this is the reason why I travel the world, to help people discover, not just to discover God, but to discover what God created them for. Mm. A lot of people, a lot of people, I'm sorry, uh, Dr. Sure. Myers, they, if they go through what you did as a, as a little kid, you know, through poverty, through hatred, through being ostracized and, and told all manner of stuff, normally they give up. And normally they never really arise to become anything in life. Would you just address them and, 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 and let a woman know that she can't give up just because maybe she was trashed and abused? Yeah. Well, I think purpose is never destroyed by circumstances. You, de you can destroy your purpose yourself. Uh, whatever you were born to do is still with you. Whatever you were born to become is still in wow. you. Uh, if you took a bird and put it in a cage, the bird could still fly. So trapping a bird doesn't destroy flight. It restricts it. Mm. So if you, a woman today, you're trapped in a marriage, you're trapped in a job you don't want to be in, maybe you're trapped in, a, in unemployment, maybe you're trapped in an environment, in a poor village or something. Listen, that's just a cage. You can still fly. Wow. And what I need you to do is what I did, create your own circumstances. You know, um, <laughs> a, a seed always has a tree in it. Mm. If you put the seed on a tile floor, it still has a tree in it. Mm. The environment is not right, that's all. So wherever you are watching this program, what you need to do is to change your environment. And that may mean uh, changing your friendships, your associations, change the books you read, change the music you listen to, change the people you hang out with, because whatever you are is a result of the people you are with. If you don't like who you are, mm. you've got to change the people you are with. Mm. Because people create your soil to germinate your seed. Uh, change the books you read. Uh, you know, so uh, your purpose is never destroyed. It's only suppressed. Even if you make mistakes, if you are a prostitute, a drug addict, if you are a drunkard, an alcoholic, whatever it is, that doesn't destroy your purpose. It cages it. Wow. You need to be delivered from those cages so you can release the flight again 
and become what you were born to be. So you can actually be that woman without limits. Absolutely. You must stop limiting yourself. Limitation is usually mental or situational. It is never internal. Mm. You are always a great woman. But your greatness could be smothered by your culture, your friendships, your family, your circumstances, or the people that you hang out with. Your greatness is always with you. You know, I'll close with a story. I went to Egypt with my wife and we went to visit the pyramids and we saw the, re the remains of King Tut, you know, 3,000-year-old mummy mm. from the Egyptians. And in that display, they had some seeds and the seeds were in a, in a little display glass case. And I asked the, uh, the gentleman who was on a tall guide, I said, what are these? He said, these are seeds, these are seeds that we found in the tomb of King Tut. So I said, are you telling me these seeds are 3,000 years old? He said, yes. They were petrified, like rock. They were actually preserved. So I asked him a question. I said, are these seeds still good? Can they germinate? And then he told me a story. that when they found the seeds, they shipped them to Israel to do tests on them. And the Israelis were able to take those seeds, place them back in the right environment, and those seeds germinated and produced some of the largest ears of corn and maize they had ever seen. So I said to him, are you telling me that 3,000-year-old seeds still have life? He said, it depends on the environment. Oh so God. I want to say to all those watching this program, you may be 7 or 97. It doesn't matter. Inside of you is still your greatness. What you need is the right environment. This show today may be the environment you needed to ignite your seed. So your greatness is never gone. It's just hidden. Wow. Wow. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. You're welcome back. You're watching Woman Without Limits. Dr. Miles Monroe is really, really a tremendous blessing. He is telling us such great and awesome things. If you're there and you're wondering, will I ever make it in life? If he made it, you're going to make it too. That one last thing I'm going to ask you is you're very, very, very key on family. Yes. Why is that? Because the family is the first institution God ever created. Family existed before government before church, before every institution on earth. The family was first. So the family is more important than government, it's more important than religion, it's more important than churches or temples or mosques. You should never let anything be, become more important than the family. Secondly, the family is the only institution God created to produce the future leaders of the world, your children. The schools were never supposed to be the source of education. Your family was supposed to do that. The government was never supposed to create the morals for your children. The family is supposed to produce that. 
If you destroy the family, you destroy the foundation of the nation. So I am convinced that if we restore the families in Kenya, we would destroy the nation of Kenya, restore the nation of Kenya. So when you start destroying the family, you're destroying the very fabric of your country. This is why I'm very concerned about people redefining marriage, redefining sexes, redefining genders. Because when you start doing that, you're tampering with the most basic institution of your country. And if you were to dismantle the family, you basically have destroyed society. So if, if, a, if a government wants to build a strong country, they should spend money on restoring traditional family. And that has to do with a man or woman who produce children in the context of providing for them values, morals, and standards that are healthy for civil development. This is family. And that's why God did not begin the human race with a government, nor with an institution called a school, or even with clubs or any kind of church. He began it with the family. Mm. So restore the family, you'll restore Kenya. Mm. One last thing. The very last one. You, 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 uh, a lot of people now are really, really coming to Kenya and they are saying all manner of beautiful things that are happening in this country and are going to happen in this country, Kenya. What's your take on it? Kenya? Mm? Kenya is no different from any other country in Africa. The time has come for Africa to lead the world. Kenya is just one of those countries. And I'd like to warn Kenyans that when destiny turns her face towards you, you must prepare yourself to respond. Being chosen doesn't prepare you. So the season for Africa has arrived, but God will not educate Africa. It must educate itself. So I want to encourage Kenyans to prepare themselves by developing their skills, getting training and leadership development, learning how to manage resources properly, because when it's time for you to lead, that's the time for you to be learning how to lead. You've got to be ready. Remember that uh, preparation plus opportunity equals success. So if opportunity comes but you are not prepared, you will fail. Kenyans should be focusing on preparing ourselves to lead the whole world because Africa time has arrived. Wow. 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 Thank you very much, Dr. Miles. It's a pleasure. I'm going to let you go rest because I know you've been so busy all it's this It's okay. It's weekend. my pleasure to serve yeah. you and to serve Thank the you. people watching. And remember, your greatness never goes away. It's always there. I hope today you would tap into it and expose yourself and let the world see how great you are. Wow. And Dr. Miles Monroe was so amazing at the Daughters of Zion meeting. We were so delighted to have him and he blessed the women so tremendously. Watch this. Hmm. You keep wondering why the devil is not interested in you women. He isn't. You think the devil is interested in you? you no, he's not. The devil is interested in the men. Because he knows, if I can just destroy the cornerstone, the house will collapse. That's why you can't find no husband or your husband's sleeping around. He's after the cornerstone. Kenya is suffering from defective men. And it's a satanic strategy. The devil is after the male. 
Thank me to God. I got three more minutes. Okay. Listen to me. I haven't gotten to the women yet. I got to come back and do the women. But let me show you this. When Eve arrived, she was not the foundation. <laughs> she was built on top of Adam. So the devil ain't stupid. The devil says, you know, I need to get to the cornerstone. Let me show you how it works. The devil knows that Eve cannot destroy the human family. You women don't know how blessed you are. You are not the problem. The problem is you accepted the problem as your problem. That's why you get high blood pressure, cysts, cancer. You've got fibroids. You can't bear children because the stress that you put yourself under, taking the blame for everything, is destroying you physically. Satan says, okay. Now, let me just speed it up for you real quick. God created the male first. He gave the male all the instructions. God never gave any instruction to the female. Read your Bible. Do you know why? Because the male is the foundation of the family. His job is to instruct even his wife. The woman was supposed to get the word of God from her husband. Not a pastor. Oh boy. So Adam was given all the information. The Lord took the man, put him in the garden, verse 15, and said unto him, work, cultivate, protect, guard. And then God says, do not touch that tree. All instructions given to the male. First instruction, work. Write it down, work. The first thing a male needs is work, not woman. Write that down, work is number one. A real man doesn't look for a woman first. He looks for work first. Second instruction, cultivate. Cultivate was only commanded to the male. To cultivate means to bring the best out of something. Write it down. It means to maximize the potential of a thing, to cultivate. When you cultivate a plant, you water it, you fertilize it, you prune it, you make sure it's comfortable to make it grow and flourish, to bring forth fruit. That's cultivation. God says, Adam, cultivate. Whatever is under your care, you make it better. You bring out the best in it. Third command God gave Adam, guard the garden. Protect everything under your care. Fourth instruction God gave the man, I command you, do not touch the tree. Fourth instruction, his word. And number five, 
the first place God gave Adam was Eden. Eden means the presence of God. So there are five things a real man needs to be a man. Number one, work. Two, cultivation. Three, God. Fourth, the word. And five, the presence of God. Okay, this is important. So if you want a good man, you use these five criteria. I'm teaching the Bible here. So if a man says he loves you, don't be impressed. You're beautiful. I love you. You're so cute. Mm, I love you. Ask him, first of all, are you working? <laughs> Clap loud. Number two, can you cultivate me, baby? Come on, good question. Can you make me better? Can you bring out the best in me? Number three, can you protect me, honey? Can you protect this? Number four, can you teach me the word of God? Number five, are you in God's presence? I just gave you what you should have paid for. That's a real man. A real man never looks for a woman first. Now keep in mind, when God is giving this man these instructions, there's no woman around. That means when Eve arrived, he was already working, cultivating, protecting, the, keeping the word, and in God's presence. So when you want to meet a real man, make sure you meet a guy who is working, capable of cultivating. He can protect you. He can teach you the word of God. And he loves to worship. I just canceled your boyfriend. That is why most women are depressed, especially the married ones. Let me tell you why. Eve meant Adam in Eden. What is Eden? The presence of God. Most women leave the presence of God and go looking for a man. When they find him out of the presence of God, they believe if they marry him, they can drag him back into the presence of God. But let me tell you something. If he doesn't change to get you, he won't change to keep you. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.